Chapter Twenty Two of the Albert Gate Mystery by Louis Tracy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Caroline. Chapter Twenty Two, Piecing the Puzzle. Palermo was in a perfect ferment. Not since the last revolution had people seen such a pitched battle in the streets for macpherson and his myrmidons had used no gentle means to pacify gros jean and the turks whilst the crew of the belles would not be in a fit state to go to sea for many days an excited mob of people surrounded the hotel when brett and talbot arrived with their wounded prisoner fortunately the chief of police came in person to ascertain the cause of all this turmoil the first alarmist report that reached his ears made out that a species of international warfare had broken out in the harbour he told his subordinates to clear away the crowd and explanations by brett and winter soon demonstrated the wisdom of an official communique to the press that the row on the pier was merely the outcome of a quarrel between some intoxicated sailors the chief of the police politely offered to place detectives at the disposal of the englishmen for the proper custody of their captive brett thanked him but declined the proffered assistance having decided to warn winter not to interfere the only prisoner of interest he explained received such severe injuries during a struggle which he brought on himself that he will be quite unable to be moved for several days his right arm is broken and his face has been reduced to a pulp there is a stout frenchman named beaucaire and three tags who accompanied him whom i recommend to your safe custody we bring no charge against them but it would be as well to keep them under lock and key until we have left palermo do you mean the innkeeper grosjean and the turks who accompanied him from messina by train to-day yes you need not trouble about them they have all been carried to the hospital what exclaimed brett how did they come to be injured i cannot tell you exactly but they together with some sailors from the fishing smack were knocked senseless by the crew of the steam-yacht when the young lady was shot what young lady demanded brett and talbot together this conversation had taken place in the entrance of the hotel whilst dubois was being carried to a bedroom by the servants did you not know inquired the official gravely the young lady was of your company who stayed here with you the niece of my lord the elderly gentleman edith shot did you say cried her brother leaning against the barrister for support yes but not seriously i hope she has been brought here the doctors are now with her in her room who shot her demanded brett savagely the person who was flung into the harbour by the other my lord it is stated that she is a woman but really at this moment i have not heard all the facts she was carried to the hospital with the others the two waited to hear no more they ran upstairs and talbot would have fallen twice had not brett supported him 
reaching the corridor which contained their apartments they found sir hubert lord fairholme daubeney and mr winter standing silently a sorrowful motionless group outside edith's room what terrible thing has happened brett asked them surely miss talbot cannot be seriously hurt the only one who could answer was mr winter we hope not sir he said but the doctors will be here in a moment they are extracting the bullet now before the bewildered barrister could frame another question the door of edith's room opened noiselessly and two italian gentlemen emerged one of them spoke english well he addressed himself to sir hubert fitzjames i am glad to tell you he said cheerfully that the young lady's wound is not at all dangerous it looks worse than it is most fortunately the bullet first struck a large bone button on her coat this combined with the thick woolen material and some small amount of padding placed beneath the collar by the maker offered such resistance that the bullet lodged itself against the collar-bone without breaking it consequently although the wound has a nasty appearance it is not at all serious the young lady herself makes light of it indeed she thought that an anaesthetic was unnecessary but of course we administered one prior to extraction and she is now resting quietly you are not deceiving us doctor tell us the truth for heaven's sake it was fairholme's voice broken and hollow that so fiercely uttered these words the kindly doctor turned and placed his hand upon the earl's shoulder i would not dream of such a thing he answered it would be cruel to raise false hopes if the young lady's condition were really dangerous believe me there is nothing to fear with the careful attention she will receive she will be able to travel within a week though of course the wound will not be fully healed until later sir hubert managed to stammer when can we see her as soon as she wakes up from sleep we have given her a small draught you understand to secure complete rest after the shock of the operation my colleague and i will return here at eight o'clock and then there will probably be no reason why you should not speak to her meanwhile be confident there is absolutely no cause for alarm with this reassuring statement they had perforce to rest content the medical men were about to take their departure when brett intervened there is yet another patient who requires your attention gentlemen he said you will find him in room number forty one he is suffering from a broken arm and other injuries the doctors hurried off and it was not long before they were able to make a satisfactory report concerning dubois the fracture of the ulna is a simple one said the spokesman and will become all right in the ordinary course of nature but what happened to the man's face he settled a slight dispute with my friend here said brett indicating talbot who was leaning with his head wearily resting on his hands the incident to edith had utterly unnerved her brother then all i can say remarked the doctor when he took his leave 
is that the settlement was complete whatever the debt may have been it is paid in full the englishmen were now safe in the seclusion of a private room so brett resolved to arouse talbot from the stupor which had settled upon him listen to me jack he said you must pull yourself together don't forget you have an important trust to discharge our first duty is to ascertain whether or not the diamonds are intact he laid on the table the belt taken from dubois and lifted out its precious contents with careful exactness the men crowded around even amidst the exciting events of the hour the sight of the fateful stones which had caused so much turmoil and bloodshed could not fail to be deeply interesting predominant among them was the imperial diamond luminous gigantic awesome in its potentialities its size and known value rendered it one of the most remarkable objects in the world whilst even in its present unfinished state the facets already cut by the workmen gave evidence to its brilliant purity pulling himself together by an effort talbot advanced to the table and slowly counted the stones there were fifty-one all told and even the smallest of the collection was a diamond of great value yes he said that is the correct number i cannot be certain but i believe they are the originals the big one certainly is it will be one of the happiest days of my life when i see the last of them that day will arrive soon remarked brett quietly you and i mr winter must sail on the bluebell to-night for marseilles that is if mr daubeny is agreeable he added turning to that worthy gentleman whose face was a trifle paler than it had been for years i am at your service gentlemen he announced promptly but what about fairholme and the young lady he went on turning to sir hubert i think i understand replied the baronet mr brett means that these wretched diamonds should pass officially out of the control of the british government as early as possible the barrister nodded that being so no time should be lost edith should all go well will be compelled in any event to remain here for several days before she can be removed you jack and you mr brett should you so desire can easily return here from london after having fulfilled the trust reposed in you then i only make one stipulation put in daubeny quickly the bluebell will remain in marseilles and bring you back his eagerness evoked a quiet smile all around and it was generally agreed that this programme should be followed in the brief discussion which ensued mr winter explained his earlier movements the detectives attached to the british embassy in paris told him of dubois journey to marseilles learning that brett was staying at the hotel du louvre et de la paix he went straight there on his arrival only to learn that the barrister and some friends had quitted marseilles that day on a private yacht bound for palermo the local police filled in some of the details but chance did the rest going to the p and o office to book his passage to messina on the ganges he heard of gros jean and the turks 
and then knew that he was on the right scent there was a touching meeting between edith and the others that evening she was naturally pale and weak but her buoyant spirit triumphed over physical defects and she made light of her injuries even fairholme was restored to a state of sanity by his brief visit a fact that was evidenced by his quiet enjoyment of a cigar when he walked down to the quay to witness the departure of the bluebell before leaving palermo brett had another interview with the chief of police the result being that unobtrusive but effective means were taken to safeguard the different members of the gang which had caused so much personal suffering and diplomatic uneasiness the reception of the party in london may be detailed in a sentence the turkish ambassador was specially instructed from constantinople to take charge of the diamonds and talbot had the keen satisfaction of personally handing them over to the sultan's representative in the presence of his chief at the foreign office the unlucky gems were forthwith taken back to their owner and no doubt repose at this moment in a special reliquary together with other mementos of the prophet for the project which led to their first visit to london was definitely abandoned meanwhile daily telegrams from palermo assured talbot and brett as to the continued progress of the fair sufferer who had so nearly sacrificed her life in her devoted championship of her brother's cause at last a day came when the blue bell again steamed into the harbour of palermo and the manner in which fairholme shouted when he caught sight of daubeny standing on the bridge was in itself sufficient indication that all had gone well during their absence the travellers were surprised and delighted to find edith herself seated in a carriage with her uncle on the wharf were it not that she was pale and her right arm was tightly strapped across her breast to prevent any movement of the injured shoulder no one could have guessed that she had recently undergone such a terrible experience but brett delighted as he was to meet his friends again under such pleasant conditions experienced the keenest sentiments of triumphant elation when he entered the apartment where dubois was still confined under the watchful guard of two detectives talbot accompanied him the young englishman had by this time quite forgiven his enemy he felt that he was more than quits with him indeed he was the first to speak when they came together i am sorry to see it is your turn to be trussed up in a bed dubois he said how are you feeling now getting along all right i hope the frenchman did not answer him directly a faint smile illumined his pale face he turned to brett with a nonchalant question mr brett have you any influence with those two worthy italian doctors perhaps said the barrister what is it you want i want a cigarette they won't let me smoke surely to goodness a cigarette won't hurt my arm the barrister turned a questioning glance toward the male nurse in charge of the patient but the man did not understand what had been said brett who spoke no italian 
indicated by pantomime what it was the frenchman required and the attendant signified his sentiments in silent eloquence he turned and looked out of the window so dubois enjoyed his cigarette in peace he gave a sigh of great contentment and then said lazily now ask me anything you like i am ready there is only one point concerning which i am really at fault began brett how did your turkish associates manage to murder mehmet ali and his secretaries so quietly oh that was easy enough declared the frenchman you understand i was in no way responsible for the bloodletting and indeed strongly disapproved of it yes replied the barrister i believe that well the rest of the business was simplicity itself hussein the envoy's confidential servant was in our pay it was of course absolutely necessary to have an accomplice in the house and his price was a small one five hundred pounds i think the credentials were brought which you mr talbot examined were not forgeries how can that be cried jack the sultan would never be a party to a plot for his own undoing don't ask me for explanations i cannot give responded dubois coolly the exact facts of the story can only be ascertained at yildiz kiosk and i do not suppose that any one there will ever tell you no doubt you saw for yourself that mehmet ali was convinced were it not for you he would have given up control that night but you and your policemen and your confounded english notions of right and wrong rendered necessary the adoption of the second part of the plan we had decided on in case the first miscarried after i left the house with you hussein brought in more coffee that which he and my turkish friends drank was all right the beverage given to mehmet ali and his secretaries was drugged ah interrupted brett that explains everything but why was hussein killed that is another matter which only a turk can understand these fellows believe in the knife or a piece of whipcord as ending unpleasant difficulties most effectually you see they were not ordinary rogues they pretended to be conspirators actuated by pure political motives motives which a common servant like hussein could not really be expected to appreciate so to close his mouth thoroughly they stabbed him whilst he was taking some loose cash from his master's pockets then it occurred to them that when mehmet ali and the others recovered from the effects of the drug they also would be able to throw an unpleasantly strong light on the complicity of certain high personages in constantinople this was sufficient reason for the adoption of strong measures so they also were peacefully dispatched but where did the knife come from pursued brett it was not in their possession when they entered nor when they left uh, no of course not hussein brought it himself to be used in case of necessity he also brought the pliers which cut the wire blinds and the material used for concealing the broken strands subsequently hussein was really an excellent confederate and i was furious when i heard that he was dead you know how the diamonds were abstracted from the house 
yes said brett they were made up into a parcel and flung through the window into the park the knife and the pliers accompanied them i suppose the third turk the gentleman who pulled you down on the bed so unceremoniously mr talbot was waiting there for the packet but he had to hide in the park all the night until the gates were opened in the morning it was a ticklish business right through i did not know at what hour the police might discover the extent of the crime the diamonds did not reach me until seven o'clock and then i had some difficulty in persuading the turks to give them up to me you see i had my own little plan too which these excellent gentlemen never suspected as they already had paid me five thousand pounds for my help but the real heads of the party were in paris hussein al-malk and that gang you know and by representing the danger to their cause which would result from any attempt on the part of the turks in london to reach france they were at last persuaded by nine o'clock that morning i got them safely off to the docks where they boarded a vessel bound for smyrna their passages were already booked in armenian names grosjean who had no connection with the affair personally stayed at a little hotel in soho in order to report all clear during the next few days he happened by chance to travel with you and the other man it was a clever scheme i assure you from beginning to end by the way may i trouble you for another cigarette these are not equal to hussein al-malk's said brett producing his case no he has an exquisite taste in tobacco but i nearly fooled him with the dummy diamonds i would have done so if it had not been for you do you know mr brett i have always underrated englishmen's brains you are really stupid as a nation here talbot almost blushed but you are an exception you ought to be a frenchman i suppose i may regard that as a compliment remarked brett casually take it as you like said dubois and now that i have told you all that you want to know i suppose may i ask you a question of some interest to myself what is to become of me am i to be hanged or imprisoned or passed on to the sultan for treatment brett was silent for a few moments he had fully discussed dubois connection with the british authorities how much of the five thousand pounds given you by the turks remains in your possession he demanded the frenchman hesitated before replying there is no use lying to you i have not yet expended the first thousand although i had to pay pretty dearly for a good many things again there was silence why did you come here asked the barrister because i would be safe for some months with a few hospitable gentlemen whom i know up in the hills there he nodded towards the window through which they could see the blue crests of the distant mountains and then then marguerite and i were going to the argentine to dwell in rural felicity and teach our children to bless the name of mahomet and abdul hamid marguerite is mademoiselle beaucaire yes poor girl i hear she is ill and in prison together with her excellent father 
really mr brett i cannot help liking you but i ought to feel anxious to cut your throat in that case you would certainly be hanged are you married to mademoiselle beaucaire the frenchman darted a quick and angry look at his inquisitor what has that to do with you he snarled dubois's future had already been determined the rascal was more fortunate than he deserved to be owing to the lucky chance that his crime had a political significance he would escape punishment by no known form of european law could he be brought to trial on any charge and at the same time gagged in his defence the slightest public reference to either the theft of the diamonds or the sultan's original intentions with regard to them would create such a storm in the mohammedan world that no man could prophesy the end when the ottoman empire is next torn asunder by civil war other thrones will rock to their foundations half unconsciously though he had a glimmering perception of the truth henri dubois was saved by the magnitude of the interests involved brett knew exactly how to deal with him but a fantastic project had arisen in his mind and he determined to graft it upon the drastic expedient adopted by the authorities he abruptly broke off the conversation and told the frenchman that he would call again during the afternoon true to his promise talbot and he visited the injured man some hours later this time they were accompanied by a stout individual and a closely veiled lady grand jean and his daughter the meeting between henry and marguerite was pathetic it was at the same time exceedingly french and somewhat trying to the nerves of the englishman at last the couple calmed their transports and brett promptly recalled them to a sense of their surroundings by reminding them that there was serious business to be discussed i am commissioned to inform you he said addressing dubois that if you proceed direct to the argentine never attempt to revisit france and keep your mouth closed as to your attempt to purloin the sultan's jewels you will be set at liberty here and no effort will be made by the french or english police to arrest you the infringement of any of these conditions will lead to your extradition and a sentence of penal servitude for life ma foi cried the frenchman looking intently into the barrister's inscrutable face why such tenderness brett would not give him time for prolonged reflection i have not yet finished he said dryly i imagine that mademoiselle beaucaire cannot produce a marriage certificate she will be supplied with one to permit her to travel with you as your lawful wife the pair were startled they somewhat relaxed the close embrace in which they sat the man's handsome face flushed with anger the woman became a shade paler and looked from the barrister to her lover good growled grand jean quite right we can manage our own affairs began dubois savagely but brett again took up the parable you owe this lady a deep debt of gratitude for her unswerving devotion to you 
she has helped you to lead an evil life let her now assist you in a better career you have your chance will you take it la belle chasseuse sat mute and downcast this personal development came as a complete surprise to her pride would not permit her to plead her own cause dubois glanced at her covertly he was still annoyed and defiant but even he hardened scoundrel and cynic though he was could not find words to contest brett's decision the barrister deemed the moment ripe for his final smashing argument he came somewhat nearer to the bed and said with exasperating coolness there is a secret room in the cabaret noir the contents of which have not yet been too closely examined by the police it is in their charge at my request backed up by the british foreign office they have thus far deferred a detailed scrutiny perhaps if the external influence is removed they may press their investigations to a point when it will be impossible to permit your contemplated voyage to the argentine you know best i have nothing further to say dubois looked at him in moody silence the argentine with four thousand pounds yes but a wife suddenly all eyes were attracted to grand jean who emitted a gasping groan his fat cheeks were livid and huge drops of perspiration stood on his brow feeling that the others were regarding him intently he made a desperate effort to recover his composure it's nothing he gurgled the english gentleman's proposal with regard to my daughter interested me that's all dubois and the innkeeper gazed intently into each other's eyes for a few trying seconds then the frenchman drew marguerite closer to him with his uninjured arm and said let us get married ma petite it is essential and married they were forthwith a priest and an official from the mayor's office being in waiting at the hotel whilst they were signing the register grand jean motioned brett to one side allow me to thank you monsieur for the kindness you have shown he murmured touching that hidden room in the cabaret now do the police really know of it you were not joking not in the least then monsieur i accompany them to the argentine and he jerked his thumb towards dubois and his wife paris is no place for me soon after the ceremony madame dubois asked to be allowed to visit edith when the two women met marguerite flung herself impulsively on her knees and sobbed out a request for forgiveness miss talbot should have been very angry with her erring sister she was not she took the keenest interest in the frenchwoman's romantic history they talked until fairholme became impatient he had not seen edith for two whole hours six months later when the earl and countess of fairholme returned from a prolonged wedding tour on the bluebell through the norwegian fjords brett was invited to dinner talbot was there of course and daubeney 
and sir hubert constantinople must be a queer place observed jack after the first rush of animated converse had exhausted itself surely there are no more diamond mysteries on foot cried his charming sister who looked delightfully well and brown as a berry with the keen sea breezes of the hardy north not exactly but i made some inquiries through a friend of mine in the legation hussein al-mulk and his two paris friends are quite important functionaries in the palace you remember that the other pair of scoundrels escaped to smyrna yes cried everybody well mehmet ali's relatives heard the truth about them by some means within a reasonable time they were chopped into small pieces with other details that need not be repeated dogs or pigs inquired brett dogs i wish you wouldn't say such horrid things protested edith is there any news of monsieur and madame dubois and the fat man grosjean you will receive some in the drawing-room lady fairholme said brett and not another word of explanation would he give until dinner was ended in the drawing-room her ladyship was delighted to find a splendid cockatoo magnificent in size and white as snow save for the brilliant red crest which he elevated when they all crowded around his handsome cage the happy couple in the argentine sent him to me to be presented to you on your return explained the barrister he is named le prophète and he talks beautifully indeed his language is most emphatic but it is all french what a darling cried edith i do wish he would say something cher prophète parlez avec moi and immediately the cockatoo stretched his wings and screamed vive mahomet vive le sultan abba les gregs abba abba finis end of chapter twenty two end of the albert gate mystery by lewis tracy recording by caroline in oslo norway in april and may two thousand and twelve Thanks for listening.